0: Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right.
1: Hello, 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 my friends! Happy Tuesday. Welcome to another Andy Goldstein Talksport Daily Podcast with me, your host Andy Goldstein. Now we start today's podcasting thing by looking back at England's game against North Macedonia last night with Gareth Southgate's side looking for a better performance than the one we saw on Friday night against Malta. This is how it all sounded on Talksport.
2: Southgate was very honest in assessment of Friday's win over Malta. England aren't where they need to be. Now given away by Maguire. It's a mistake as he's trying to play the ball out, and he's found the nearest Macedonian player. And then Elmas is pushing the ground inside the penalty area, and the referee says get up. Lewis got it away fairly, and Miofsky ends up on the deck. And is he going to give a penalty? Yes, he has.
3: VAR, an absolute disgrace. It's outrageous. It's incompetent officials. A shambles of VAR. Barney waits and runs up towards the ball. Right footed. Pickford saves it. Barney puts the follow up away.
0: And England trail in
3: Skopje.
1: I always put a positive slant on things, you know, but I've got to say, alarm bells will be ringing for me. Oh, it's in. Harry Kane seconds after coming on. And England are back on level terms. In fact, it might have been a lone goal. It's
3: been a very frustrating
1: night. It's finished
4: North Macedonia 1, England
5: 1. It felt like a really difficult night, Gareth, for a, a number of reasons. How do you assess the performance?
2: Well, I was really pleased with the, uh, the mentality of the players. We completely controlled the game. <laughs> T- to be behind when they'd only been in our penalty box twice felt you know, really uh, hard to take. But then we showed the composure to work our way back into the game, and um, you know, then you get the goal disallowed, and uh, you, you think, okay, it's it's one of those nights. But we always knew that we would get a goal, and we were hopeful that we could continue to dominate as we were. And but I think the the numbers they had in and around the edge of the box and the fact that you often needed the extra touch because of the surface, it was hard to, to open, those, um, open those spaces up.
5: I know you're not someone to make excuses at all, but obviously I'm listening to a phone-in at the moment on TalkSport and some of our listeners are ringing in and saying they turned the television off, they were bored by the performance. What do you say to those fans who need to be behind the team coming into what is a really important year?
2: I don't think there's a lot I can say, really. Um, I think that the the players used the ball well tonight. If we think we're going to come and beat teams like this by fours and fives, well, there's no evidence that that's happened to them.
5: Well, there is, back at the 7-0 at
2: Old Trafford. Yeah, but that's because we played unbelievably well at home.
5: That's very true. Um, in terms of the highlights, Rico Lewis was was one of them, and the maturity that he showed after giving away the penalty, which I'm assuming you know you haven't changed your mind on VAR, um, was really important.
2: Yeah, his performance was excellent. Um, real composure with the ball, um, great confidence to come into this environment and just play as he does with his club. Um, we, we liked the positions that he, you know. We were encouraging him to take up because that's, that's where he does his good work with his club. And yeah, I mean, we didn't feel he had anything to recover from because we didn't see a crime. Um, but sometimes as a player, you feel that way. So to, to then apply himself as he did was excellent.
5: Just finally, to, to wrap up the year, it's been a, an unbeaten year, um, some fantastic performances as well. Obviously, not en- ended on the high that you would have liked it to. But going into 2024, what positives do you take? You're in pot one now, for the Euros, which is obviously important. How do you assess everything?
2: Yeah, well, we've won eight, drawn two. Two that we've drawn difficult away games. And in the last two games, we've also had a look at some new players as well. So we've learned quite a bit from that. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm very pleased with the application and the quality that the players have shown through this qualifying campaign. The, The fact that these last couple of games were as they are, is really because the job was done. So it changed all the perspective on these two two matches.
5: Kyle, positives to take. Captaining your country for the first time. Congratulations for that. Also unbeaten in 2023 and in pot one, most importantly for the Euros. But you know what people are going to say about the performance. What do you say about it?
6: I say you need to concentrate on what you've just said and all the things you've just said before. We know as a team we have to come here and win, but to be unbeaten throughout the campaign, to be unbeaten in the year uh, and to you know, go and put some of the performances that we have put on, um, I think we're moving in the right direction. But as I just said just before then, it's about the mentality now. You know, I've been at a fantastic club for seven years now and I've won a lot of things and it's about maintaining the high standards. Even when you have qualified or you have won, you don't let your standards drop um, and that needs to come from us seniors players and then, you know, that filters onto the, the rest of the players that you know, are around us and breed off for us.
5: Do you feel like the standards have dropped in the last two games? Because you, you know what happened against Malta and North Macedonia when we played them in June. It was yeah. comfortable wins and yeah. a delight to watch and that's not been the case this time.
6: No, I, I think it's football. As I just said, there we we win eight nil against Malta. People say you should have won eight nil against Malta. We come here and win four nil against North Macedonia. People say you should have. So you you can't really win. Uh, we 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 won against Malta. We got three points on the board. Win the you know the the first pot, and we've done our job. What we set out to, which is qualify for a major tournament. So listen, let's not be too damping on the things we know in there that we should be winning these games, but. We're going into two, you know, massive games in the summer now uh, against good oppositions, and then that's when you'll see the real test and the real what we can do, you know, on the field. And sometimes you get this, you get it in the Premier League, where you go to ground, you know, and you're probably expected to win, but they end up being tough. You know, you can't win every game. So
3: uh, I think we've had a, a brilliant year, you know, eight wins and, and two draws. Um, so we're going into, ne- into into next year, you know, with our head held high. Gareth Southgate, if he is going to win the Euros, he's got to do better than this. It's left. Some people wondering what's going to happen next summer. The fallout to
1: Everton's 10-point deduction continues. The finance football expert, Kieran Maguire, joined Natalie Sawyer and Dean Saunders to give his view on The Breakfast Show. Whilst on White and Jordan, Simon Jordan explained why he feels the punishment is somewhat harsh.
7: It's desirable, but not essential, that they're in the Premier League from a financial point of view next year. Um, the funding for the stadiums is a separate issue and um, what what we've got here is financial mismanagement there's been nothing there's been nothing machiavellian in it. it the club wasn't trying to to deliberately break the rules i think it was you know incompetence and mm. uh, ca- a casual approach to the rules rather than a willingness to break them and of course it's the fans that suffer because yeah, we, we go we fall in love with football uh, not because of balance sheets, but because of what happens on the pitch. And, and you can understand the frustration and the anger of Everton fans.
4: The £20 million loss. It, you're right, Jim, it's not admirable because it starts with the fact that the business has a ridiculous concept that you can actually allow to lose £105 million. So every other industry, yeah. governance, says yeah. you should be a viable business. You should operate with a customer-facing perspective. Football says this is the amount of money you're allowed to, to, to lose as governance. And beyond that, Everton have gone way beyond it. Now, there's a whole raft of other football clubs that have lost lots of money during that period of time, predominantly because of COVID and loss of revenues. So they will have all lost big numbers of money. Everton's was substantial, and, and they've managed to get it down to a certain level, which was in, which is within 20% of the allowable amount. I don't think there's a feeling of empathy or sympathy. I think there's a feeling of surprise that the Premier League of A, had the balls to do it, and B, given it to the quantum they've given it. Now, if you look at the situation in factual terms, and you see Portsmouth having gone into administration, the overall biggest way of getting out of obligations and the biggest meltdown of a football club is to go into administration or liquidation. They got nine points for going into administration. Yeah. Everton, for breaching the financial fair play governance by 20%, have gotten a bigger penalty than a football club that's gone into administration so it makes it almost seem like a slightly disproportionate circumstance. Mm. It also, I, mean, I mean, by sympathy over the weekend, Sammy, I mean, you said in a column you didn't. I think night it's harsh.
0: That it's harsh.
4: It's not sympathy. It's uh, r- just ri- ridiculously harsh. This is well nigh catastrophic. No, it's not for any football fan supporting they're, they're, that club. Two points. Let's get it into context. It's not ten idle. points taken away. Yeah, fine. They're, so, were they going to win the league this year? Were they going to qualify for Europe? Or they're going to be a likely, at very best, a mid-table side. So what we're talking about is if Everton get themselves together, win one, win their game on the weekend, and Bournemouth, whoever lose theirs, they'll be full from bottom. And and the reality of it is maybe they'll lose a few places in the league. So the two and a half million pounds per merit payment per league position. So if they lose five positions in the league, they're going to it's going to cost them twelve and a half million quid. Let's get context. It's not catastrophic. It is deeply, uh, you know, unsettling. Playing
1: with White and Jordan, and on to boxing. Over the weekend, Frank Warren told Talksports' Adam Catchell to his face that the way he talks about Tyson Fury is a disgrace. Simon weighed in on the debate and defended his colleague. Frank
0: Warren, the promoter, was giving an interview on this thing called IFL TV. And uh, he saw Adam out the corner of his eye and said, "Are oh, you, come over here. So
4: what's supposed to have happened then? What was supposed to have happened since last August? What were these guys all supposed to do? Not the one number one and number two and number three's not fight each other, because that's what they did, isn't it or not? So that's and that's so frustrating and annoying. And You to go on the radio and just generalise. One, one lager. Do me a favour. I've not called this show though. I've not called this show coming up. That I, I know you did. No, you said what's been going on. As warm lager. Okay. You referred to the heavyweight division. That's what you said. I listened yeah. to it. All yeah. right, so, Alright, but, but, but he called out Joshua at that time.
7: Sorry? He would called out Joshua at that and time. Joshua didn't want it? Joshua Sorry. didn't want it? Pretty what, you're quick. telling me he wanted it? I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, we've well, all seen the Netflix... No, no, Tyson. No, no, no. He didn't want so, it. We've all seen the Netflix documentary where, where Tyson... Said what? He wouldn't give you more time
4: to make the negotiation. He was asked- i Oh, stop talking it's on the tv it's on tv and and what you say on the radio is on the radio but it's not the truth so don't keep digging tyson fury at because it's a liberty what you do with him it's a disgrace you keep having a go at him the way you do i think it's disrespectful to him anyway can we shake hands shake hands (laughs) but stop talking you're not allowed to question things you have to be an acolyte or a sycophant and if you're not you're not going to get any content the difference between myself and Adam is Adam is slightly mindful, I think of the consequences of the commercial relationship between talk sport. And Queensbury, I couldn't give a monkey's ass about it. I would have told Frank exa- exactly what I think of that, they're, 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 they're his sentiments about who does what, when, how and why, and why Tyson Fury is not being picked upon. Tyson Fury is being held accountable for what he said. Tyson Fury has been lionised by this platform on numerous occasions. And in recent times, he's been pulled up on a couple of things that he said. And Adam Cattrall is one of the best boxing observers in this country. He doesn't have any agenda, doesn't have any motivation. He calls it as he sees it. And what Frank did was a liberty. I don't blame him for doing it because he's protected. His pitch, he's having his opinion, and they talk about arguments. Say, well, the problem with you guys is you can have the last word. They won't have the balls to come in and debate people because they can't. They won't come in and debate because you know the way they can't debate it because they can't debate what's in front of their eyes because they don't like being confronted with the truth. And Adam has done it, and he's backed it up. So Hawksby and Jacobs,
1: actually. Let me see if I can do a Keith Lemon impression for this link. Hold on. <clears throat> <clears throat> to Hawks B and Jacobs now, and European football expert Andy Brathel debated with Andy Jacobs about the standard of international qualifying matches following France's 14-0 win over... Um, Gil... Gilbert Gil- Gilbre- What's I say? Gibraltar. 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 Gibraltar.
7: Bankside. Yeah, I think I've mastered that. (coughs) Yeah, I wanted to know what you guys thought about the the, the France-Gibraltar debate or the the idea of qualifying.
3: it's a complete waste of time and what is the point of these teams being in these groups and just getting thrashed every time it's absolutely The the counter-argument is that if you do have a qualifying competition and these countries never get a chance to to play well, nations play like each France, other. they should all but then play they, each other. And then, then, how the does the sport of that? grow? How right. does the sport grow in those countries? It's not going to grow in Gibraltar, whatever you do. It's just <laughs> not going to. Lionel Messi could become Gibraltar. It's not going to grow. <laughs> Forget it. And getting well, injured. Is, that's breaking news here on Talksport. It's true that getting injured in games, in pointless games, that's what's annoying for club fans. It's not that they get injured because of international football it's getting injured in games that don't matter that they didn't even really need to play we're talking about this as if it's
7: something that happens all the time we're talking about basically the best team in the world playing maybe the worst team in the world Mm. yeah or pretty pretty close but this isn't something that happens all the time is it you're talking about two games in a qualifying campaign where Didier Deschamps is entitled to pick his full team or not pick his full team or do whatever he wants to do. But I would say the idea that football, okay, Gibraltar is an extreme example, but I think you look at other smaller nations and how those, thrashings, actually, that seem pointless at the time. Well, let's have a
3: 196-team at... World Cup, then. You know, you, that's but the you argument, a... isn't it? You Johnny just... Infantino. No, because <laughs> it's, it's but it's ludicrous. Not,
7: but it's not. It's, we're not talking about the World Cup finals. We're talking about the qualifying campaign. They are qualifiers. And if you're one of the bigger teams, like France or England, it's a bit easy for you. So it's a bit unedifying.
0: And that is the way it is. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes, flat
1: And finally, we go back to breakfast. And could it be one step beyond Chelsea to finish in the top four this season? Well, Chelsea fan and the lead singer of Madness, Suggs, joined the show to discuss his beloved blues and also the band's new album.
4: One step beyond!
7: And Nicholas Jackson proves maybe he is for real.
3: A hat-trick against Spurs. Chelsea, right at the depth! have snatched a precious point against the champion it is Chelsea 4 Manchester City 4
1: they're playing with a style of play that I think is very easy on the eye very
3: enjoyable you no know, I think the improvement is
5: massive I'm so happy very pleased with the with the players like with the team
3: I just hope he gets a chance you know I mean it was did get sort of bonkers with Abramovich about, you know, if you only got second in the league and the semi-final of the Champions <laughs> League, you were sacked. Cause, I mean, it is bizarre, isn't it? We couldn't get a goal for love nor money and now we're scoring four goals a yeah. game. Whether well, we're going to get into the top four or five, I, I don't know, but... but. It's so close, that, not it? Tottenham sort of dropped me a bit. Liverpool, Man City. Well, we got a draw out of Man City, which was mm. something. You never know, do you, in this league? You don't. And the, the other game was that Spurs one. I've got to watch that back. I mean, I couldn't quite work out what was going on. It was like a youth on. team game at one point. I mean, uh, yeah, you ne- shouting on, <laughs> bend your runs, stay onside. You know, the, Sterling was running offside and Mudrick was running offside and eventually... They got it, didn't they? The striker ends up getting a hat-trick. Which... Well, yeah, when they get two cent off, five disallowed goals, he gets to post about 14 <laughs> times. Mean, yeah. I have never seen a game like that in 40 years of my life. No, I yet. Yeah, no, it's, it's very very But as I say, you know, very exciting.
5: Just very quickly then, obviously, new album out. Are we expecting a tour or anything like that? Yeah, we
3: are. We're going on tour starting on the 30th um, in Aberdeen and we're off for a couple of weeks all around the country. So... I think it's selling quite well, so if you you know, you better hurry up is what I'm saying. <laughs> Brilliant. Well Listen, I'm I'm going golfing after. If you wanna come and have a game of golf with us. I know it's a grey day out there but <laughs> oh, you've got, oh, you, see, you, you got you gotta play in the sun coming. and rain. Oh, you know you can't, just, no, it's like, you can't just be a fair oh, weather player. I'm sorry, Diva, oh. shut up, you know. You are you are an embarrassment <laughs> <laughs> to this radio oh, station. Oh obviously. Oh,
0: These
3: rules no, together. I've gotta to go, to, got to go back to our house you know. oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. yeah.
1: Well, that's it, gang. Thanks for listening on the TalkSport. Have a we you get your podcast from. There will, of course, be another one of these Anagostine TalkSport daily podcast out first in the morning, so do what you got to do to get it. Until then, thanks for listening. Have a good day, and above. we'll be safe, everyone. Be safe.
0: That was a podcast from TalkSport. Small details are big surfaces? Tight corners are odd shapes? Flat, rounded, textured, or tall? Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rustolium's new custom spray five and one gives you control with five different spray patterns, so you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom spray five and one only from Rustolium.
5: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands.